after everything I've seen, too good to not believe, too good to not believe, too good to not believe, after everything I've seen, too good to not believe. Lift up a great ovation of praise. To the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords, because He is here. We magnify you in this place. We lift up praise to your matchless name. The name that brings healing. The name that brings deliverance. The name that brings restoration. The name that brings salvation. We lift up praise to you today. Hallelujah. Blessed be his matchless name. Amen. There's no name like the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. For it is the name which contains all power in heaven and on earth. And there's times we face circumstances and it's so urgent we don't really know what to say. We don't have much time. But if we can call on the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, he will show up in the fullness of his power and there's nothing he can't do so good to see each and every one of you here this morning thankful that you're able to be in the house of the lord with us trust that god will minister to you while you're here today I do want to share with the church family here pastor landtroop is not able to be here um, he is in the hospital actually we don't want you to be overly concerned. The doctors are tending to him. They're running some tests. They're going to take care of him. He's going to be back fine. We're looking forward to him being back. Um, but we do want you to be aware that he's in the hospital. Be praying for him. Be praying for the doctor's wisdom. But we know the great physician. And we know that God's going to see him through. And we miss him. But I know he's watching right now. <laughs> There's no way he's missing this service. And so keep him in your prayers. But we do, again, they, they're running tests. They don't know 100% what's going on right now. Um, but they'll figure it out quickly and uh, take care of it. So please respect the family. Don't bombard them with questions because they don't have all the answers yet either. And they appreciate your concern, I promise you. But even more, they appreciate your prayers because that's what changes things. Amen. If you have your Bibles today, I'm going to read just a portion of text from three different locations. They will be on the screen if you don't have your Bible. I'm going to read from the New Living Translation. So if you have a King James, it'll read slightly different. But if you have it on your app on your phone and you want to switch over to the New Living Translation, you can read along there. The first passage is Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11. Jeremiah chapter 1, verse 11. We're just going to read the first portion of each of these scriptures. It reads like this, Then the Lord said to me, Look, Jeremiah, what do you see? Amos chapter 7 and verse 8. Again, reading only the first portion of the verse. And the Lord said to me, Amos, what do you see? And our final verse, Zechariah chapter 5, verse 2, the first portion. What do you see? asked 
the angel. Three Old Testament prophets. Three different points in time. And yet they were all asked the same question. What do you see? And so today I ask of you the same. What do you see? What do you see? Would you pray with me? Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to be in your house. We know that your word is anointed already. I ask that over the next few minutes you would anoint my mind and my lips, that I could become a vessel through which you could speak into each of our lives. Let us receive your word today with gladness of heart. Let us act upon it and allow it to mold us and to shape us, to challenge us and to change us. We ask it in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated. In each of the passages of our opening text, this question, what do you see, was posed to the prophets as they were being shown visions of future events. The Lord in Jeremiah chapter 1 verse 11 and Amos chapter 7 verse 8 and the angel in Zechariah chapter 5 verse 2 inquired of these prophets, what do you see? And they posed this question to each prophet to confirm that each of them was seeing clearly and accurately the future vision that they were being shown. Because in order for these prophets to fulfill their purposes, in order for these prophets to fulfill their God-given callings, it was imperative that they see the future clearly and accurately in the present. To give the proper message to their respective audiences, it mattered what these prophets saw. For if they weren't seeing clearly, if they weren't seeing accurately, then the message that they would relay would be wrong. And it would not bring about the result that God intended it to bring about. And if you and I are going to fulfill our purposes, if we are going to fulfill our God-given callings, then it's imperative that you and I see clearly. It's important that we see accurately. Because if you and I are going to share the right message at the right time to the right people, then it matters what we see. So I ask you today, what do you see? Each of the three prophets, Jeremiah, Amos, and Zechariah, were very much aware of their present reality. They acknowledged the truth regarding the world and the society in which they lived. Being aware of the reality of the society in which we live today is a necessary element of seeing clearly. They knew the sin that was running rampant in their culture. They knew the idolatry. They knew the wickedness, the violence, the darkness that was sweeping all around them. They were aware of that. It was important that they know the circumstances in which they lived. And you and I must acknowledge what we see happening with our physical eyes. The prophets could look around with their physical eyes and see people consumed in idolatry. They could see people wrapped up in adultery and fornication Jealousy, envies, murders. You and I can look around the world today in which we live, the society in which we live, and we see sin that's holding people captive. We see bondage all around us. We see people who are hopeless and desperate. We see and hear of wars and rumors of wars. We see the circumstances with our physical eyes, and that's important. But just as important as seeing the present with their physical eyes, it was just as essential that these three prophets could see with their spiritual eyes. 
The visions they saw were not a physical reality in the present that they could see with their physical eyes. These were visions of a future that had to be seen with spiritual eyes. What we see today matters. It matters that you and I see ourselves, we see our lives, we see our circumstances clearly as they are right now. It matters that we see the world around us accurately as it is right now. We can't put our head in the sand and pretend it's not what it is. We can't ignore the conditions of society. We can't ignore how sin is destroying lives. We have to see it clearly. And it matters very greatly what you and I are able to see with our spiritual eyes. So what do you see? The Bible is teeming with examples of men and women who demonstrate the difference it makes in your life when you see clearly, when you have the right vision. Every Bible character you admire had to make difficult choices, had to endure hardships, heartaches, disappointments, and failures the same as you and I. And we admire them because they made the choice to do the right thing when it was difficult. We admire them because they endured the hardships, the heartaches, the disappointments, and the failures, and they didn't give up. They got up again, and they kept moving forward. The Bible is replete with stories of people who changed their destiny by leaving behind the person they had been and reaching ahead to the possibility of who they could become. And there's stories all around you this morning that you may not even know of people who left behind who they were and reached ahead to who God showed them they could be. And they'll admit they're not what they want to be, but thank God they're not what they used to be. Ultimately, the Bible is a collection of stories about the power of possibility that we as human beings can create real and lasting change. Next week, we'll begin a series on real change, but change can only occur if we can see it as being possible. Amen? These three Old Testament prophets, as they were being shown visions of the future, aware of the present, they had to believe that change was possible if they would share the message. If you don't believe change is possible, you won't share the message with anybody. If you don't believe change is possible, you won't do anything different in your own life. Hello? It matters what we see. It matters what we believe to be possible. It matters how we see our circumstances now. It matters what we believe could happen in the future. And it's still early in 2024. What do you believe is possible this year? What do you believe the doors that will open, the opportunities that will present themselves, the miracles that will take place? What do you see? Ezekiel cancer. Spiritual eye cancer. Pastor Landtroop shared a couple of weeks ago that he has seen a future where our church has 50 Bible studies underway at the same time. Many of you have responded already by going out and seeking Bible studies. Some of you have already landed Bible studies. Thank you. But some said, teach a Bible study? Me? I can't, sir. Pastor Landtroop challenges us that if we're going to rise to the occasion, 
If we're going to meet the demands of our day, then we're going to have to pray more and be entertained less. Some of you have changed your schedules. But some said, I can't, sir. Pastor Landtroop reminded us last week that if we're going to make the impact in our community, on our jobs and in our families that is needed in this day and hour, then we're going to have to sacrifice more than we've ever sacrificed before. Some of you are already readjusting priorities and planning out how you can make more sacrifice, but some said, I can't, sir. Because some are looking through narrow windows and their response to anything that they can't see through that narrow window is, I can't, sir. And while a few may have spiritual eye cancer, that is blinding them from seeing the possibilities that God has available for them. And I pray that the wall of fear and doubt with that narrow window in it will fall down flat like the walls of Jericho. While there may be a few of those, many of you have embraced the truth that you were divinely appointed to not only be here on the earth, but that you were divinely appointed to be a part of the apostolic church of the one true and living God for such a time as this. I believe there are some children of Abraham in the house today. In Genesis chapter 13, after Lot had separated from Abram, the Lord said to him in verse 14, Lift up now thine eyes and look from the place where thou art, northward and southward and eastward and westward. For all the land which thou seest, to thee will I give it and to thy seed forever. I believe there are some here who are having their spiritual eyes open in such a way that you can see farther than you've ever seen. You can see more clearly than you've ever seen. You can see greater possibilities than you've ever seen. I want to ask you today, what do you see? Some, yes, may have confined themselves to a little room with a narrow window, but others have stepped outside, and they're looking as far as the eye can see, northward and southward, eastward and westward. And they see opportunities all around. They see possibilities all around. Miracles all around. Harvest all around. What do you see? In his youth, with his physical eyes, Moses saw people, his people, the children of Israel. He saw them in bondage. He saw them in suffering. And he saw them in oppression. But as he matured and developed his ability to see with spiritual eyes, eyes of possibility, Moses saw deliverance. He saw his people coming out of bondage, coming out of suffering, coming out of oppression. And what he saw in the spirit, he eventually saw in the physical. It matters what you see. The world around us today is much the same as it was for Moses. You don't have to look very far with your physical eyes before you see people in bondage. You see people who are in suffering, who are in oppression and darkness. But with spiritual eyes, you can see those same people coming out of bondage, coming out of suffering, coming out of darkness, coming out of oppression. You can see them being free. 
You can see them being healed. You can see them living for God. You can see them empowered by the Spirit of God. It matters what you see. I'm not asking anyone to turn a blind eye to the reality of the world and the society we're living in. But I am asking you to also look around with some spiritual eyes and see the countless opportunities for God to do miracles. See the innumerable possibilities for God to heal, deliver, and set free. It matters what you see when you look at the world around you. It matters what you see when you look at yourself. Hello? It matters what you see when you look at yourself. Because the enemy wants you to see a defeated person. An imperfect person. A weak, vulnerable, helpless person. But the Word of God tells me that we are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. And that nothing can separate us from the love of God. The Word of God tells me that He's given us power and authority over all the power of the enemy. Hello? We are not defeated. We are the church triumphant. We are the people of God. And in the end, we win. We win. We win. It doesn't matter if it's today, 20 years from now, 100 years from now. We win. Lift your head up. Lift your eyes up. God is on your side. God is for you. And if God is for us, who can be against us? Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. It matters what you see when you look at yourself. And we have to be intentional not to see our past failures and mistakes. Our memory hasn't been wiped. But when we look at ourselves, we need to look at ourselves through the word of God. I've been washed. I've been cleansed. I've been sanctified. I've been justified. I'm not who I was. I've got a brand new name. I've got royal blood flowing through my veins. I'm a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation. I've been called out of darkness into his marvelous light. It matters what you see when you look at yourself. It matters what you see when you look at the world around you. But I'd have you consider that what matters most of all is what you see when you look at God. So what do you see? Do you see an angry or abusive tyrant eager to dole out harsh punishment? Or do you see a loving, compassionate father who delights to give good gifts to his children? Do you see an apathetic, uncaring, distant creator who can't possibly be bothered by human affairs? Or do you see a present help in time of trouble? And high priest who is touched with the feeling of our infirmities, who knows the very number of hairs on your head? Do you see God as a made-up mythical figure for the feeble-minded and yourself as a cosmic accident in the tapestry of time whose existence is completely chance and happenstance? Or do you see an all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise God who divinely orchestrated the timeline of human history so that you're right here, right now, in this day and hour, in this community, in this church, for a divine purpose? What do you see? Do you question sometimes whether God mistaken you, mistakenly placed you in the wrong point of history? 
Do you think maybe you should have been in the 18th century or the 14th century or the 1st century? Do you question whether maybe God mistakenly put you in the wrong timeline of history? Or do you question whether you're capable of handling the pressure we're facing in this day and hour? These are not uncommon thoughts or concerns. Let me assure you, you're not the only one who's probably felt those concerns or asked those questions. But I assure you that God has not made a mistake by placing you here in this time. You were brought for such a time as this. I'm convinced, 100% persuaded, you can't talk me out of it, that God has more faith in us than we typically have in ourselves. God believes in you more than you believe in you. God believes in me more than I believe in me. Have you ever thought about that? Have you ever considered that God has more faith in you than you have in yourself? In the story of Job, it may shock you to know that it was God who put Job's name in the hat, so to speak. Job chapter 1 verse 7, And the Lord said unto Satan, Whence comest thou? Then Satan answered the Lord and said, From going to and fro in the earth and from walking up and down in it. Now notice this in verse 8. And the Lord said unto Satan, Hast thou considered my servant Job, that there is none like him in the earth, a perfect and an upright man, one that feareth God and escheweth evil? God had so much faith in Job that he made sure Satan knew who he was. God never doubted Job's ability to endure the evil that Satan would put him through. God never doubted Job's ability to endure the pressure cooker of a trial that Satan would put him through. You may doubt yourself at times, but God has faith in you. He put you here at this time on purpose for his purpose. He believes in you. You've got what it takes. You can not only make it, but you can make a difference. Hello? I said, you can not only make it yourself, but you can make a difference for others. You've got what it takes. It matters what you see. Some of you may know of this place. Many of you may not. There's a place called the Mariana Trench. It is the deepest known trench on earth and it's located in the Pacific Ocean. In 2011, there was a U.S. research team that used sophisticated electronic equipment and took sound measurements of the deepest known portion of the Mariana Trench, which is called Challenger Deep, and it measured 36,070 feet deep. Now, you're sitting there, and that's like, okay, that sounds like a big number, but I really don't know how big that is. Well, may I remind you that Mount Everest, the highest point on earth above sea level is 29,032 feet. So if you were to flip it into the Mariana Trench, the trench would still be more than 7,000 feet deeper. The water pressure in the trench is nearly 1,000 times greater than at sea level. The pressure is so high that it will crush nearly any creature or man-made object unless that animal or vessel is specifically built to withstand the pressure. And yet, at this deep, almost uninhabitable trench, God made certain creatures that can live there in the pressure. They not only survive, 
but they thrive in the pressure. If you'll put the next slide up, there are xenophyophores, which are giant sea amoeba. There's amphipods, which are small shrimp-like crustaceans. Holothurians, which are luminous sea cucumbers. They're related to starfish and urchin. And there's Mariana or Mariana snailfish. It's the deepest known fish species. And while these marine life creatures were only discovered in 2012 as a result of James Cameron's expedition in a vertical torpedo submersible, God created them in the beginning knowing they could handle the pressure of their environment. And God put you here at this point in time knowing that you can handle the pressure of the environment in which you live. Knowing that we have what it takes to carry out his purpose today. You've got what it takes. Look at your neighbor and tell him you've got what it takes. God's not surprised that you're here. God's not surprised that I'm here. The God I see knows what he is doing. The God I see knows the end from the beginning. The God I see doesn't make mistakes. The God I see doesn't depend on luck or chance either. The God I see is always in control. The God I see has all power and authority. The God I see can do exceeding abundantly above all that I could ask or think. It matters what you see. It matters what you see. So what do you see? What do you believe is possible? I mean, if you're going to be here in 2024 and go through another year of life anyway, then you might as well go through it with faith and expectation. Hello? If you're going to be here on earth anyway, you might as well give it your all. If you're going to be here anyway, then you might as well dream some dreams along the way. And if you're going to dream a dream, why not dream a big dream for God? Not a big dream for what I can get, what God can do for me, but what can I do for God? What can God do through me? How many lives can be changed? How bright of a light can I be in this dark world? I mean, if you're going to be here on this planet around all these other people anyway, you might as well make some friends along the way. You might as well smile. You might as well encourage somebody. You might as well compliment somebody. You might as well be kind to somebody. You might as well tell somebody about the goodness of Jesus. You might as well tell them about a healer that can cure cancer. You might as well tell them about a healer that can cure diabetes. You might as well tell them about a healer that can heal heart disease. Hello? You might as well tell them about Jesus who can deliver from drugs and alcohol. You might as well tell them about Jesus who can bind the brokenhearted. You might as well tell them about Jesus that can open blind eyes, who can unstop deaf ears. I mean, if you're going to live for God and be a part of the church anyway, you might as well get involved and make a difference. If you're going to be here anyway, you might as well sing when the church sings. You might as well shout when the church shouts. You might as well come early for prayer. You might as well teach a Bible study. Hello? Can you see yourself doing those things? Can you see yourself reading your Bible in your home? Can you see yourself 
talking to God every day throughout the day? Can you see yourself telling somebody about the goodness of Jesus and all he's done for you? Can you see yourself telling somebody, hey, you won't believe what God did in our church Sunday. You won't believe how God healed somebody. You won't believe how last week Brother Oscar was in a wheelchair. He was so weak from sickness. But today he was up there shouting and praising God and dancing around. I mean, if you're going to be here, you might as well tell somebody. What do you see? What do you see? Today's a little different. Today, I don't want you coming up here begging God for anything. I want you to come up here and tell God what you expect Him to do, what you want to see Him do. Come with faith. Say, God, I'm here. I'm available. You want somebody to be taught a Bible study? I'll teach a Bible study. Somebody needs prayer in the grocery store? I'll pray with them. Hello? Somebody's in need and I've got a little extra? I'm going to give it to them. I'm going to make a difference. Would you come this morning? Come. Say, God, whatever you would want to do through me, I'm here. I believe anything's possible through you. I believe you can do great things. And it's not about me. It's about you. I want to turn people's eyes to Jesus. I want them to see you as I see you. I want them to see you as the all-powerful, all-knowing, all-wise God who can change any situation, who can step into their life. And they'll never be the same. Allow them to open your eyes today. Many times in Scripture, Jesus said, He that hath an ear, let him hear. My prayer today is, Lord, would you give us eyes to see? Let me see what you want to do in the Spirit. Let me see the opportunities around me. Let me see that door of utterance that's open where I can speak into somebody's life, where I can pray with somebody, where you can work a miracle for somebody. You can set somebody free. Open my eyes. Open my eyes. as an overcomer? Do you see yourself as more than a conqueror? Do you see that you can do all things through Christ which strengthens you today? I'm here to tell you anything's possible. Anything's possible. Anything's possible. Show me one thing you can't do. Show me a mountain you can't Show me. move. He's the God of the breakthrough and anything is Show possible. me one thing he can't do. Show me one door he can't open. Show me one disease he can't heal. Come on. What kind of God do you see? I see a God who's all powerful. And anything is possible. There is a king.